0: Hi, this is John Barnes and you're listening to Copon.
1: This is a poem called Words from Confinement by Cesare Pavese, translated by Geoffrey Brock. We would go down to the fish market early to cleanse our vision. The fish were silver and scarlet and green. And the color of sea the fish were lovelier than even the sea with its silvery scales we thought of return lovely too the women with jars on their heads olive brown clay shaped softly like thighs We each thought of our women, their voices, their laughs, the way they walked down the street, and each of us laughed, and it rained on the sea. In vineyards that cling to cracks in the earth, water softens the leaves and the grape stems. The sky is coloured by occasional clouds that redden with pleasure and sun. On earth, flavors and smells, in the sky, color, and we were alone there. We thought of return the way a man thinks of morning after an utterly sleepless night. We took pleasure in the color of fish and the glisten of fruit, all so alive in the musk of the sea. We were drunk on the thought of impending return. Welcome to Cop On Podcast, you steamy little dumpling. My name's Owen, and I do hope that whoever you are, wherever you may be, you are well and you are staying sensible. Wash your hands, think for yourselves, check your facts etc etc but you know that don't you you are the grooviest little sparrow hawk in town you the listener of cop on this episode is just for you so let's just jump straight into it so hello and welcome everybody. I'm absolutely thrilled, delighted, absolutely cock hoop over the moon, fabulously joyously, boops-a-daisy to be joined by Tivi in Malaysia, by Brian in Hong Kong and by Dave from Dave's LFC Chats, who's in Ireland and um, it's absolutely lovely to Uh, speak to you guys I mean it's absolutely fantastic Um, I'm going to start with you Tivi just tell us tell the listeners how you are and how's everything going in Malaysia and today is the day when we were supposed to play Chelsea at home how are you coping without the footy
2: oh hi everyone it's been uh, good uh, coming back again here thank you Owen for giving me the chance you know um here, yeah, I think the condition here in Malaysia is uh, well controlled, you know. So I hope in every part of the world is um they are managing as well as we do here. So, um regarding footy, you know, today's supposed to be the the day that we could have lifted our trophy after thirty years, you know, but unfortunately we gotta wait for another <laughs> few more days, or few more weeks more, you know. So it's difficult to cope around without football, actually. You know, but um, but we can't, you know, prevent that these circumstances, you know. So somehow, you know, I'm I'm managing. If you ask me, how am I managing life without football? I I, I don't know how am I doing it, but I did it for almost fifty days here, you know. <laughs> Sometimes when I watch a football, you know, like a past game or what in the TV, I feel like what is happening because it's been so long and I've watched football and I feel like I'm watching something new, you know. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's uh, going to be difficult, you know. So I, I think I have to watch more, few more games more, you know, to get used to it again to the older self. <laughs> So I think that's how I'm coping myself
1: (laughs) here. Well, that seems like a brilliant strategy. Absolutely. Yeah, I cannot tell you how many times I watched Liverpool 4 Barcelona nil. But I I keep noticing different things. And uh, from other classic games as well, I keep noticing different things. Only this morning, Brian, I was watching uh, the 2005 final and I noticed um, there's a very funny jimmy traore moment that i hadn't noticed before when dudek makes that uh astonishing save and 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 it's still astonishing from shevchenko in the, in the last minute or whatever it was of extra time um all i'm going to say is is watch traore's reaction because he cannot believe the net isn't bulging he's basically looking at the net waiting to take the ball out of the neck and kick it away in frustration and drop to his knees and cry. And uh, it doesn't happen because Dudek pulls off that miracle. Brian, h- how have you been entertaining yourselves? What reruns have you been watching of our mighty and wonderful Reds history?
3: Uh, well, hey guys. Uh, great to be on the show again. Um, uh, what have I been doing? I've been looking, because of the, the Barcelona game, I've been watching, not the game, but Barcelona and United fans' uh, reaction to those goals going in. It's just my my favourite thing in the world to do. I just love it. (laughs) So I've just been like fishing those those reaction videos out. And uh, I've been playing video game football. It's the closest thing I get to actually uh, watching a game of football these days. So me and my buddy are doing a Liverpool season on Pro Evo. So that's uh, that's scratching the itch, um, but I haven't I haven't gone back. Now you mention uh, Traore, I, <laughs> I could just imagine his face. <laughs> that is, you know, Bambi on ice, looking around in absolute shock as uh, as the goalkeeper does what it's he's supposed to be doing. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Are
1: you winning Pro Evo? How's How's your Pro Evo season going?
3: Oh my god so I so I'm a console gamer you know I have been when it comes to football forever I'm a very incredibly old person so I've been playing uh video game football since before electricity and i've never played on the pc but this week i downloaded the pc version and then downloaded all the mods for it and all the realism mods and it's literally the closest thing you can get to football when there's no football around so we're doing that i opened the season we we won the we won the super cup against chelsea we lost the shield to city and then uh and then we beat city in the in the season opener at anfield so happy days <laughs> and every time we score we celebrate like we're watching a real game of football that's how pathetic we are we're like two <laughs> middle-aged guys screaming high-fiving each other <laughs> playing playing video games uh, that's, oh, that's sounds marvellous. that sounds
1: marvelous that sounds marvelous entirely justifiable entirely justifiable uh, what about you dave how, how are you entertaining yourselves what what highlights have you been watching
0: I actually, like Brian, I I was watching all the reactions to the 4-0 Barcelona win. That epic 4-0, probably one of the greatest games ever at Anfield. Um, Looking at the Barcelona reactions and the Real Madrid fans giving them stick. it, It was unbelievable just watching that. And I've watched the actual game again, the whole... 90-plus minutes of the whole game. It was on BT, night yesterday, actually, and it was just... I was actually nervous watching the game. I don't know what the hell I was nervous for when we won 4-0, but I was just reliving it, the nerves of the game, knowing that if Barcelona scored one goal, we needed five type of thing, and Messi one or two chances, Suarez, Coutinho won a chance. It's just... That was just unbelievable. I've, I've watched that 4-0 game more than I've watched the final itself. That, that shows you how... I mean, that really was when we won the Champions League, that game. because And then I watched the Spurs game, which was an unbelievable game. The next day, we had two games within 24 hours of each other when they were um, against Ajax, and they were 2-0 down. They were 1-0 down the first leg. They went 1-0 down the game at halftime to 2-0 down on aggregate, and they scored three late goals. I mean, that was, that was an unbelievable game as well. But, uh, yeah, no, just relaxing. I mean, obviously, I'm, we're still at work here back in Ireland. The coronavirus is taken over hopefully in the next week or two restrictions will be eased slightly but one thing i will say the weather's been unbelievable here in ireland it's like it's it's been in the 20s for the last five or six weeks and that has helped that has helped hugely with people's mental health and and everything else with this coronavirus because if it was winter time now i'm sure there'd be bigger issues
1: yeah that's a very good point actually isn't it. Yeah we're lucky that we're moving into spring lots of us you know depending on where you are in the world of course. But uh, yes it's uh, it's been it's been very good here in Paris as well and and uh, actually on Monday they're opening opening um the shops again um at least and they've they've they the the what do they call it I don't know the sort of french equivalent of project restart is happening on Monday and uh, you've got different zones that allow you to 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 do different things. And uh, unfortunately I'm in a red zone because it's quite populated. Um, And uh, yeah, so uh, I can't, I don't know, but I'm still not going out. I'm still going to stay in as much as possible to avoid the dangers of the outside world. And uh, I'm just going to think about Liverpool. Remember everybody, we're one day closer to the restart. Um, June the 8th was the date on the Watford chairman's statements that he released today and it was a very very interesting statement um he basically said uh you know those six clubs at the bottom they don't want to play at neutral venues they're gonna try and and uh, sabotage this and we were just saying before uh, we pressed record on this dave you think that there's an actual group called project sabotage or something like that what do you, what do you make of the watford Germans' words about uh, not wanting to play in neutral venues
0: yeah i heard somewhere they were called project sabotage i think west ham and brighton were were in there um but listen as I, as we were talking about earlier every every premier league club has their own agenda. Every Premier League club wants to do what's best for their team, their fans, their businesses now. I know it's a sad thing to say. Uh, football's been a business now for the last good few years, um, especially since the Premier League came in um, in the early 90s. So it's all, It's all. bottom line is money, really. And, I mean, to drop or to fall out of the Premier League, especially now during this, this, this uh, emergency pandemic when a lot of clubs furloughed players a lot of a lot of people are out work. there's not as much money there's not as much money to spend on kits and new kits and football stuff no one's in the stadiums um there's big issues going forward even from the f- never mind the end of this season even next season I mean probably most of it will be behind closed doors too so the money streams are drying up left right and center and for the lower league teams the smaller teams the likes of Wofford the likes of West Ham the likes of Brighton Burnley, these type of teams that really like the bread and butter of, of the 20, 30,000, 30 plus thousand, they get into the ground, the match day, money day, revenue day, get, it's so important to stay in the league, and I can understand in a way, the Premier League said you want to play neutral grounds, they, they want to pick a certain amount of games, play new project restart as they call it, um, and not have home games. Because, I mean, home games, you're talking under 20 stadiums getting involved. The logistics are just too much. The, the safety of the players and people is just far. It's logistically impossible to do it, so it is going to have to pick a few hand-picked grounds and play behind closed doors without, without fans. It's just going to be done. And I think the FA, well, it didn't say it, that they, they, I mean, the three teams that go down, could be relegated. I mean, if, if the league stays as is, Liverpool win the league, that's, that's a defo. Top four Premier League, that's the big one. And then the bottom three go. And, like, that's the only other logistical, the logical thing to do if they sabotage and don't play neutral because I don't think there's time to work it out now. They have to go whatever the Premier League say. And whatever the Premier League say is neutral grounds. Every team is going to have to go by it. I think there's a big meeting on Monday, a big Premier League meeting on Monday. It's going to be very, very interesting. I'd love to be a fly on the wall Monday at that Premier League meeting in London.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would prefer to stick a microphone on a fly and just listen in the comfort of my own home, given the current situations. But I know what you mean, Dave. I'd love to listen in to that meeting on Monday. TV, I'm just going to read you some of the some of the statement. I found it now. Um, The chairman uh, CEO of Watford, he said, critics will say what voice shall I do this in? Critics will say. My position is founded on self-interest and they would be absolutely right. Uh, which is quite interesting. He says, critics will say my position is founded on self-interest and they would be absolutely right. So at least he admits it. I have a duty to protect my club and the people employed by it, some of whom have worked for Watford football club for more than 20 years and dedicated their lives to it. OK, there is no altruism in the Premier League. There are 20 different vested interests which sometimes align but more often than not work purely to protect each individual club. Sounds to me like he's just trying to justify being a selfish git. I don't know. What do you think, Tivia? I mean, surely the thing he didn't, doesn't mention in his statement is that it's the same pretty much for everyone if it's a neutral venue. Um, I don't know. What do you think?
2: Well, I know when I was going through the you know statement by the Redford chairman, I can understand his uh, frustrations that, you know, they can't play in their own venue, you know. But somehow I feel that, you know, if they weren't in the relegation situation now, but I don't think so, he would come up with such statement like this, you know, just because they are in this, um, I mean, in almost relegation spot, you know. So maybe that's the reason why, you know, they are coming up with this uh, project sabotage, you know. So, I have nothing to say much about this because um I didn't really understand, you know. So maybe I can open. Oh, you can give the others the chance to talk about this. I'm so sorry.
1: Well no it's okay I don't think it's just you who does not understand it it's it's all a bit bananas. Uh Brian what do you think of it this uh, this uh you know this statement by the Watford chairman basically they don't want to uh play on neutral grounds I, it, isn't it just a ruse to try and you know stop relegation for this season?
3: Yeah. Um uh I don't know. I mean, I get it. I kind of get where they're coming from to an extent. I mean, what some of them are saying is that they have more home games um, than most of the other teams or some of the teams. I think Villa has quite a quite a few home games, like like six or something like opposed to four, which is the average for the rest of the team. So maybe there's there's a there's home advantage even in an empty stadium with knowing the pitch and and having your own facilities there etc cetera, etc cetera. but ultimately i think you know we all find ourselves in this crazy situation and we can't have like the goldilocks zone everything just right it's not possible to have everything perfect for everybody and fortunately some teams are going to gain from this situation and other teams are gonna um lose out on it and you know it's interesting that the 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 teams that are making the most noises are the six teams at the bottom of the of the league so i mean i think i read somewhere that the that the premier league or, or the yeah the the governing body anyway needs just 14 uh teams to agree um so i mean as long as from southampton upwards agree to this then um, we're fine, but ultimately, you know, if if they go renegades, like for example, Villa, who would be making a lot of noises, well, I'm definitely their fan base has anyway. Um, and Brighton, then, um, I don't know, I don't know what you'd, I mean, I'd be tempted to say, look, if you refuse to play and you're in the relegation spots, then you're relegated. Good luck seeing the champion- championship. <laughs> um, but ultimately, they have to do something, right? You know, they have to. I mean, I was, I was very. I read that the Bundesliga is, is restarting next week, and they're restarting with, you know, no neutral venues. They're they're restarting with um, teams allowed to be played um, at their own stadiums, so. Um that kind of chose a bit of a spanner in the work because if if the Bundesliga was doing in neutral venues, then you could say, well, look, these guys are doing it. We should do it like that. Um, but they're not. And Germany, I suppose, has been the best country in Europe, I believe, in terms of dealing with this virus. That's what I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's the that's the kind of feeling I get from a distance. Uh, here, so if Germany think, thinks it's okay to play in neutral venues, then maybe it's okay to. No, sorry, Germany thinks it's okay to play in your home stadiums, then maybe it's okay to play in your home stadiums. But then again, the situation in Germany is not exactly the same as the situation in the UK at the moment. So uh, I don't know. One way or the other, they need to bite the bullet. You know, the the, the six supposedly six clubs that are kind of for one of the better well blocking blocking uh proceeding shall we say so I, I i don't know i think one way or another, this will come to a, come to a head within the next two weeks for sure we'll all know thank goodness what's happening because i don't know about you guys i i couldn't take another four weeks of is it isn't it isn't it will we get it won't we get it it's just doing my head in at this stage that's a very good point.
1: Yes, exactly. I hope it just gets cl- cleared up one way or another. Um, and uh, very good that you mentioned Germany and the Bundesliga because let's move on to talk about that. Um, the Bundesliga is coming back next weekend. Uh, very exciting stuff, TV. Um, Do you have a team that you're going to follow? I mean, are you going to watch all the matches? Are you suddenly vor sprung duck, Tivia?
2: Yeah, I'm actually really uh, can't wait for Bundesliga to return again. And I think uh, there's a two good games uh, will be going on: Dortmund and Schalke, and uh, Frankfurt and I don't know, another uh, Borussia club. So I think I'm just gonna support Leipzig here, you know, because uh, we have been targeting uh, Timo Werner there. So I'm just gonna watch him, you know, because he's soon gonna be a uh, Liverpool uh, player soon. So I'm just going to watch him. I think I feel like they are an exciting club in Bundesliga this season, you know. But as much as people trust Dortmund, but I am not trusting Dortmund because even they tend to, you know, lose focus at the <laughs> crucial times like how they did last season. They were almost, you know, to win the Bundesliga. But at the end, they it slipped away from them. So... I think the only team that's capable of uh, giving a proper fight to Bayern is, I think, Leipzig because the Leipzig players are very young, you know, very energetic, and their manager Nagelsmann, you know, he's he's like I would say he's uh, he's like Klopp, you know, his uh, his ideas and the way that he implements his idea, you know, on the way they are playing is. Identical to the way that Klopp is doing to Liverpool. So I think it's going to be exciting to watch uh, Leipzig uh, after this. So yeah, I'm just going to support Leipzig uh, for Bundesliga this season.
1: Great answer. Yeah, absolutely. Leipzig. Definitely a team to watch, Nagelsmann, as you mentioned. Yeah, he seems like an incredibly talented guy. Um, I've got the table in front of me. Bayern Munich have played well. All the teams have played twenty-five games, but uh, Bayern Munich on fifty-five points. Then it's Dortmund on fifty-one. Then Leipzig on fifty, and Munchen Gladbach on forty-nine. That's the top four. Dave, are you getting excited for the Bundesliga?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and top five league starting, um, I can't wait, as you know, there's been no football on. And the big thing, Leipzig, I suppose every Liverpool fan will be watching uh, RB Leipzig because of Timo, Time, Werner, of course. Everybody, well, 99% of people think he's coming to Liverpool. It's not a done deal yet, but I'm hoping it will be done. I'd love to see him at Liverpool. The big thing, the, the German league, though, is uh, I presume the Premier League now and the Primera League in Spain All eyes will be on the German League. This will be the test case for a big league opening up. No fans in the stadium. The logistics, the medical, the social distancing. I don't know whether they're allowed the five substitutes. I know in the Premier League are allowing it. They will allow the five substitutes instead of three. I don't know if the German League are doing the same thing. I think it's next Saturday. This day next week it starts. Some good games. As you said, Schalke has a good game coming up. But the main thing is, as I say... How will the Germans, you know, cope? How will they do it? The Germans are brilliant at putting on stuff, as we all know. They're they're absolutely brilliant at doing things, and um, down to a T. So I've no doubt they'll pull this one off. But the main thing is, just the Premier League and the Premier League will all—I'm sure they'll even have representatives probably over there wearing masks, obviously watching the game and taking notes and just just seeing how. This test case works because if it works for the Germans, which I'm sure it will. I mean, it, it says a lot for the Premier League and the Primera League in, in Spain that, you know, if we follow the same sort of, you know, same sort of criteria, the same, same way of doing things as the Germans, we'll be able to move forward in our leagues. I know the Germans have done really well. I think they were the best in Europe at containing this COVID-19. They did a lot of testing. They closed places early and really, really got their teeth into it and have done particularly well so that's why they're able to open up a bit earlier than other countries the likes of england and spain obviously italy will be looking at it as well but i think spain or the dutch went they're gone and the french went psg won the league they were given the league but uh there's still a few court battles there as well so i'm just hoping this german league goes well the premier league opens up in mid-june it all looks well. We get the two wins. We win the bloody league before any other lockdowns occur. But um, all eyes on Germany next week. Um, and at least it's a bit of football to look at. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, totally, absolutely, absolutely. Can't wait either. Um, for those who are uh, like me, going to keep an eye, keep an eye on uh, Klopp's old team, Dortmund. A second, as I said, just four points off the top. Uh, but uh, Mainz are in fifteenth position. Out of 18 in the Bundesliga, they're on 26 points um, and they're four points above the relegation zone. So I'm going to support Dortmund, I'm going to support Mainz. Um, are you going to watch it, Brian?
3: Yeah, I am going to do exactly what you're going to do and I'm going to support Dortmund and I'm going to support Mainz, at Mainz and any other team that Klopp has got any loose connection to in the league. Uh, I will probably watch every single game of german football that weekend uh i'll be wearing lederhosen's and eating schnitzel (laughs) and (laughs) listening to bach uh it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be in the symphony of football i'm gonna i'm literally gonna watch every single fixture i can't wait um and uh I, i i have a my gut feeling is that um I think we've passed the worst of this particular wave of this whole thing, um, and I think as as the German league kicks off and 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 people see that things are progressing uh, and it's not a crisis, then I think everybody else will kind of start to kind of calm down um, uh, a little bit. I was just thinking though on the on the on the broadcast of the games, I wonder if the TV uh, companies are going to mix in crowd noises uh into the into the broadcast because it'd be just a bit weird um looking at these big teams playing in these stadiums and you can just hear the whistle blowing really clearly and the ball the, the the sound of the football being kicked back and forth. This is it's like we talked about video games earlier on. When you play football in an empty stadium, video games is the most boring thing in the world. <laughs> so um, I just wonder what you think, on because I know you've been involved. Well, behind the camera, um, do you think they might might be tempted to to mix in some uh, some some crowd noises into the broadcasts just to avoid the swearing
1: i think you know of the players you know imagine jordan henderson mic'd up They, i mean you know you have to play every game after after the 9 p.m watershed um so i think yeah i mean the korean league apparently did it apparently there was uh, in britain they had some kind of um korean league k-league stuff on on uh on tv and and they um had some piped fan noise but, uh, yeah, I don't know. He should be quite, um, you know, it'll be surreal one way or another. But uh, just to see the beautiful game back would be fantastic, of course. But then that's from our point of view, isn't it? Um, that's from our point of view as fans. I mean, we love the game. We love watching the game. Um, we're going to watch it like Brian. We're going to get our lederhosen on. Uh, we're going to, yes, exactly. Bring out the steins of beer. Uh, and we're going to have as many as, of them as, as, as we can. I mean, Lisa, you can, because I stopped drinking alcohol. But uh, anyway, enough of that stuff. Um, I've got another question about it, though, from a different angle. Tivia, imagine you were a player. Would you be happy to play in, these, in this current climate in Germany or in England?
2: From my point of view, I think it's... Uh, kind of dangerous you know to be playing at this stage but uh, as a footballer it's your job you know and that's how they are gonna you know entertain people and that's what they do in their life so I think I think it's fair enough you know for them to come come back again and play their game but there might be some you know consequences but uh, the fact that football is just gonna be coming back soon you know, it's going to make people happy. So I think just for that fact, you know, I think the players uh, would agree to come back again and play. In fact, uh, if you have seen those uh, players, you know, in their social media, they also have been showing out their frustrations that they couldn't get out on the pitch and, you know, play. So I think it's a good, it's a great... Um, time you know but I'm not sure in England but I think Germany I think the players are going to be excited to be back on the pitch again to play but um, if England could contain the virus the spread of the virus uh, ASAP you know I think the players in England also would be very much excited to be back on the pitch again I think yeah I think it's um, it's a great time to be back again after I mean after weeks of uh, not playing So I would say it's a a great choice to coming back again to play the football again. I mean, it's just from my point of view as a footballer, but I'm not sure if the others would agree to me or not, but it's just my point of view.
1: No, it's very interesting. So you would you would play, you'd think you'd had you would have had enough of a break. What about you, Dave? Would you have any reservations about getting out there and, and having, you know, such close contact with so many people and an eleven V eleven game?
0: No, no, not really, uh, Owen. I was thinking about it um, back actually back in March when, when the league was stopped and thinking about will players come back wearing gloves and masks on the pitch and what will they do for corner kicks, man marking and stuff like that, socially distant two metres inside the box. But uh, no, not really. Um, they'll have to. They, I'll tell you one thing they will have to watch on the pitch and you'll probably get a yellow or red card for it, spitting on the pitch. I think spitting will be a no-go zone. Um, you know the way the players—they always spit on the pitch. Now we're not at each other, but spitting on the pitch or on the sideline—that I think that will be out, outlawed and rightly so. But um, I think the players will be okay. They'll probably be in quarantine for two or three weeks in training camp, so they'll all be getting tested two or three times a week. They'll be on the pitch. They're fit. They're young. They're—you uh, know—they'll be okay. I wouldn't be worried about it at all. What's um, all the right restrictions are put in? Once all the right, you know, protocols are there, which I'm sure they have all their own medical doctors. Every Premier League team has their own medical chief and everything. So I wouldn't be worried about it. I think they're probably getting bored at home now and sick of doing these videos and (laughs) Zoom videos and, you know, stretching and doing their yoga and stuff online. I'd say they just want to get out on the pitch. Every footballer wants to play, really, even if it's an empty stadium, on the grass. The grass, the pitch would be the same. The ball would be the same. Once the whistle blows... All you want to do is play football. And if you're a Liverpool fan or a Liverpool player, you know that you're two games away from glory, baby.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I I yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I just wonder if, you know, maybe one or two of the players might feel a little bit, you know, wary about it. I mean if you were imagine if you were the coach, Brian, and one of the players came to you and said, Sorry, boss, I, I don't feel comfortable. Um, going out and playing. I mean, you would, you would presumably, you would say, well, okay, you know, see you, see you, uh, see you next season. I mean, un- unless it was Allison. And-
3: um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's how Klopp would probably respond if 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 uh, a player came to him with, um, you know, severe anxiety, perhaps of, of playing, then. I would do my best to um reassure him. Um I mean, I think that like in all of the football leagues in the in the world, there's only been about 20 to 30 um uh players who have con- uh, contracted um uh, covid or thereabouts. I mean, don't quote me exactly on that. And all of them uh, are fine. They, they they've had a, a, like a, a, a dose of flu. Um as as is the vast, vast, vast majority of people who who unfortunately catch this thing. Um, I mean, I think there was one young footballer who who sadly um, this uh, virus cost him his life. I say this virus because he's he had uh, 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 third stage cancer when he caught the virus, and that's where a lot of the mortality, a lot of the deaths happen. Um, Particularly if God forbid, you know, it, it, a younger person succumbs to this thing, it's 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 always because there's other things going on as well, and then they catch this thing, and then that's not a good combination. But if you're a young, healthy um, individual and you catch this, I mean, you've got more chance uh, than getting knocked down by a truck on um, the streets, and and I mean, I think that's pretty factual. Um, And these uh, footballers are just finely tuned machines. They really are. I mean, they've got no body fat. Uh, They have all their food is cooked for them by uh, like chefs, there's portion control, Uh, they're, their heart rates, their their ox- blood oxygen levels, everything is tracked and traced to an inch of a degree. And um, God, if if anybody's not going to catch it, it'll be these guys. And if they do catch it, I, I, you know, I think you know, it, it'll they'll they'll get through it. I think at the moment in Syria, I think there's quite a bunch. There's, there was a bunch of players that called it. When I say a bunch, maybe like ten or twelve. And now they're all fine. And I think there's only one player left um, that uh, that's still uh, working through the, the symptoms. So, yeah, look, I think if if a player like, I mean, Dennis Ger- Bergkamp, for example, just point blank refused to, to fly, right? And he <laughs> couldn't make him. And so they worked around it. If a player just you know for whatever reason says i can't do it boss then you can't do it just just well that's fine you understand i wouldn't um i wouldn't feel bad about it to the player but i think the majority of players will will be okay uh playing i mean they're all they're all in training as, as we speak right uh in contact with each other i mean here in um in hong kong we uh we're now opening up the city um and uh it's it's business as usual almost. Um, everybody's still wearing a mask, but uh, the bars are opening, the restaurants are opening, uh, cinemas are opening, and it's slowly but surely um, uh, coming back to life. So I think as the days and weeks go on, and and if, if the you know particularly England because they're on they're on top of this thing now, and I know some people in the medical professions over in the UK and and. They feel pretty confident that they've got a handle on this thing. Um, I I, I think it will just gradually improve. It's not going to go backwards, I don't think. So, um, fingers crossed, touch wood, uh, you know, we can get some level of uh, normality within the next three to four weeks. Yeah, fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, very fair answer, very good answer. Um, Dave, Um, How does this Liverpool team compare to the best teams that you've ever seen now that you've had time to think about it? I mean, all the way through the team, um, you know, we just got quality everywhere. But do you think that this is up there with the the very, very, very best? Maybe this is the best Liverpool team?
0: it's very hard to compare. I think from, from this team, so teams in the seventies and eighties, the great Liverpool teams that were winning European cups for fun, were winning the league for fun, and all the all the domestic cups. You know, I mean, this team, it's fairly young. It's it. Klopp's only been at the club not even five five years. In, in October, um, he's pulled this team together, and we've been unbelievable. You could say really for two seasons. I mean, last season we were unlucky. Uh, to not win the league. Even the season before in the Champions League, uh, we got beaten by uh, Madrid in the 2018 final. We're a little unlucky in that, but we went into that game as probably the underdog. Whereas last year in the final... We weren't the underdog going in against Boers. We were the favourites. Uh, we won in a course, which broke the ceiling for Klopp. Then we won the uh, Super Cup. Lost the uh, uh, Charlie Shield on, but Charity Shield isn't a cup really in my mind, um, on penalties to City. Then we won the Club World Cup, which was huge. We'd never won it before, so that was a nice bit of history. And now, as we all know, we're going to win the league for the first time Um in like 30 years like it's just ridiculous for a team of Liverpool stature not to win the league for 30 years and I've been following him since the mid 80s when they were brilliant of course but um best team ever it's it's hard to say own i mean we're going to win the league okay probably a record points total record points w- or wins and stuff like that but football i think to compare is just different it's different now than it was even 10 years ago it's definitely different than it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago when liverpool were unbelievable in the 80s so it's very hard to compare different players different times the ball was even different, there was different rules, right? give a back pass to the goalkeeper you could pick it up and waste time, I always remember Grubbler was a pass master doing that, picking up the ball and bouncing it and wasting time, so I don't know, but certainly right now the team we have, the core of that team is as good as anything, I mean, Alison Becker and go, Allison and Wonderland and go VVD, the joint two fullbacks, two best fullbacks in the world, Robbo and Trent, I mean Gomez has the potential to become an unbelievable uh, world superstar centre-half and and then in the middle, you've got Hendo Club, captain who is player of the year this season and is going to lift another trophy for Liverpool become a legend. He's already a legend from lifting the Champions League last year. And then up front, the three amigos, Mo Salah, the king of Egypt, Bobby, no Look, for and Mane in the mirror. What a front three there, probably the best front three ever. So, but is it as a whole team, a whole squad, the best ever, well, I would reserve judgment on that. Let's see what let's see what we can do. Maybe next season or the season after, if we can win another European Cup or another league or two, then maybe you would put them up there with the pantheons of the legends of the past. But at the moment, we are certainly certainly on the road to glory. But it's very hard, I think, to compare. on. Oh, very hard.
1: That's a very very good answer. Very good answer, Tivia. When the football comes back is there a particular aspect of this very exciting liverpool team uh, that you're that you're looking forward to most are you looking forward to you know seeing trent pass the ball are you looking forward to seeing virgil stare at an attacker until he falls over are you looking forward to mo salah dancing through and i don't know knocking one into the corner of the goal what are you looking forward to most if anything
2: well, I think uh, since we have only two more games left now, I think it's time to you know let the players enjoy themselves, do whatever they want, you know, because they are almost there to win the league, you know. So just two more wins, you know. So I think uh, I would see, I would like to see Virgil uh, as a striker, you know, heading in all the goals, you know, heading in all the balls from Trent from the right and from Robo from the left. And hopefully uh Ellison also can play, you know play uh like how Adrian did, you know, I think against um uh, the game uh with West Ham, you know, he tried to score a goal by himself. So I think Ellison would do that, but I think Flop would immediately would uh ask him to leave the club if he do so. So I think um, I like to see club give more chance to the youngsters like Jones, um, especially uh, Minamino since he uh, just came to the club. I think it's um, it's gonna be uh, a huge task to ask him to play when he arrived first. But now I think. Club would just ask him to play, you know, to get around, get used to the formations and everything. And same goes to Nico. Uh, we could Because Nico is the deputy to Trent, as we all know, so we, we would like to see him play also because both of them have uh, the same similarities between them. So like to see more youngsters playing out, you know. Club give them more chances and those players that are uh, going to, who might leave in this summer, like Lalana or maybe Lovren, you know? So just give them the chance, like uh, last few chances, you know, to play in this club. So I think, yeah, that's that's what I would like to see after once football is back. But after we win the next two games, afterwards we can see all these kinds of things. This whole club will, you know, uh, consider this uh, this idea from me or from the fans I'd like to see the youngsters play, especially Jones. Um, I think yeah. he was a uh, huge uh, aspect in the future for us. And, yeah, we'd like to see them in the future game. So, yeah.
1: It's excellent stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very good. We to see the youngsters back. Uh, do you have any, any, you know, just finally, Brian, do, do you have anything that you're particularly look forward, looking forward to from from the mighty Red Sox?
3: No, I'm just, I'm just really, really. I just can't wait to get all my weird football routines back uh, in full swing um, when when the season finally kicks in again. So I'm just counting down the days and and just so I can kind of, uh, as I say, switch off that incessant will it won't it think of the NHS. Blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. It's just kind of moving on there. I just want I want the I want it to to be a decision made, and then I just want to enjoy my football. And you know, whatever happens, football's back next weekend, so that's great. Uh, And uh, I'm gonna find as much German-looking clothes as I can and sit in front of the screen all weekend, um, and then just rejoice that it's finally back. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah totally well you know and i think on that note you know with those those um you know wonderful images of of you know and the excitement of the german league coming back um i just want to say well thank you very much everybody for for joining me today it's been so nice very therapeutic to have a nice chat about the footy and knowing that everywhere everywhere around the world and all countries there are reds so eager to have the footy back and uh you know so thank you very much to to my three esteemed guests today brian and dave and Tivi. um you know have a have a great week everybody And thus, as this episode belts up its trousers and heads towards the great outdoors, remember, dear chickens, that you may follow us on Twitter, at CopOnPodcast, you may send us your death threats to CopOnPodcast at gmail.com, or you may even support us via Patreon.com forward slash CopOnPodcast. This episode is dedicated to my brand new nephew, Leo, who came into this world on May the 4th. And may the 4th be with us all. I'll see you soon.